Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. The coronavirus pandemic accelerated the rise of e-commerce, which is something that Paige Mikowski, the founder and CEO of the lifestyle brand Aviator Nation, experienced firsthand. In the wake of the coronavirus-induced shutdowns, Paige launched an online flash sale on Aviator Nation site to supplement her 200-plus employees' salaries. And the online sale resulted in the brand's biggest day of all time by far, selling $1.5 million in just 24 hours. Needless to say, I can't wait to chat with Paige about how she's leaning into e-commerce to grow her business, drive sales beyond the brand's brick and mortar locations, and so much more. So without further ado, let's get right into it and welcome Paige to Work Party. Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. So obviously your story is impressive. You started AVR Nation with a $200 sewing machine and zero fashion background. So for Work Party listeners who aren't familiar with your story, can you walk us through what inspired you to start making your own clothing? Sure. Um, Yeah, it all started with just a personal passion that I had for a specific type of clothing. Um, Since I was a young girl, I have been really into vintage clothing And I remember going to the mall and just not really liking the t-shirts and stuff that I would see there. And so I ended up shopping at flea markets and thrift stores a lot. It was always a passion. And um, when I moved out to California, I was actually working at a surf shop and I was doing three jobs. Actually, it's kind of funny. I was working at a surf shop. I was waiting tables and I was doing photography And anyway, as a hobby, I, you know, basically what happened was I started going to flea markets in LA looking for clothes because that's just the way I like to shop. And I realized that it was really hard to find 
the stuff that I loved, which was mostly from the seventies. You know, I think that at a certain time it became more difficult to find that, you know, the stuff that you would see was more like nineties type stuff. And that I just wasn't really into that style. And so, you know, while I'm sifting through the flea markets, looking for something that I have in my head that I want, which is this like cool rainbow sporty kind of vibe. I realized, you know, maybe I should just try to make these clothes, you know, because I grew up actually with a family that was very self-starter and kind of just figure it out, get it done. And so I have in my mind, you know, maybe I should try to make these clothes. And so basically I bought a sewing machine and after work, you know, at night and whatever, I would just sew clothes. And I started making clothes just for myself because I wanted something specific. You know, I realized that a lot of the clothes that I wanted to wear were a lot of, you know, colorful designs and graphics and stuff. So I realized that I could cut what I wanted out of like a red shirt and then I could sew it onto another shirt. So that's kind of where the technique came into play with a lot of our single needle stitch work and the way we sew stripes on top of sweatshirts. It's because I wanted a rainbow stripe on a sweatshirt. And that was the only way I knew how to get it is basically to cut up another garment or fabric or whatever, and then just sew it onto this garment. Eventually I bought a printing machine and I, in my bedroom, I had set up, you know, my sewing machine and my printing machine and I could print colors. So I taught myself to screen print and I would draw graphics and then screen print them. But basically it all just started with me making clothes for myself because I really wanted something specific that I couldn't find. Yeah. So you just decided to fill the hole. And I love that you, you know, kind of had this multifaceted background. Like you said, you were a photographer, you were kind of doing all these different things and sort of that lent itself to you starting this. So you were making these clothes for yourself. And then obviously people started saying, Hey, where'd you get that? Which is always a great way to start a business, right? Like, it's like, you know, that idea is there, people like it. So once you had that kind of, okay, people like what I'm wearing, this could potentially be a company. How did you take those initial steps to turn that idea into a business? Yeah. So after, you know, wearing it around and and being stopped by a ton of people, it finally dawned on me that, you know, maybe I should try to do something with this. It was just becoming so obvious. I mean, I would get stopped three or four times a day with people pointing out my, my garment, my shirt, my sweatpants, whatever. And so it just kind of hit me in the face. I was like, I have to do something. This is crazy. You know, I'm very like, I listen to the universe. I believe in signs. I believe everything happens for a reason. And the message was very clear that something was special about the stuff that I was making. So since I was working at a surf shop, I had some experience in how, you know, they order clothes for the store and I was a buyer's assistant. So I knew that people make line sheets and then the buyer works at the store and they order it and all of that. So, you know, I had a little bit of an understanding of how the retail business worked. And I just thought to myself, okay, you know, I'm obviously my customer because I'm making the clothes for myself. So where do I want to shop? And there was this store in Santa Monica called Fred Siegel. And it was by far my favorite store. It's not there anymore. Sadly, they still have one in Hollywood and they have one up in Malibu, but But the cool thing about Fred Siegel was they really took a chance on new and up and coming designers. And I always loved that. You know, I could go in there and find something totally original and unique. Also, a lot of times they have specialty items that are more expensive. And, you know, my my garments were going to be expensive because they took a long time to make. There was a lot of handmade detail going into them. So essentially, I felt like Fred Siegel was the perfect place to sell the clothes. And so I went in there one day, you know, because it's like impossible to get in touch with a buyer, especially at a high profile store like that. You know, you just, 
they don't put that on the website. There's no way to really contact the buyer. It's very, very undercover, um, usually tough to get into a store like that. And so, but I knew that, you know, the buyer is around, you know, there are a lot of times in the store, they definitely, you know, make their way through the store because they look at what's selling, they know the employees. And so I figured FaceTime was the way to go. So I walked into Fred Siegel, I was wearing the clothes. I had some line sheets that I had made. I basically did them because I know how to do photography. So I was able to do those myself. And I just walked up to the girl working at the counter and I said, Hey, I made these clothes that I'm wearing. I live in the neighborhood. I would love to meet with the buyer. I, I love Fred Siegel. And I really think this is where my clothes need to be. And I also said, you know, everywhere I go, people are asking me about what I'm wearing. I really think that that there's something here. And so I left the photographs with the girl at the counter and um, walked out of Fred Siegel. And before I pulled out of the parking lot, I had a phone call from the buyer's assistant. And she said, you know, we just, we just saw you come in and we loved what you were wearing and uh, we would love to meet with you tomorrow. Can you come in? And so I said, yeah, for sure. And the next day I, I rolled in my rack of clothes that I had sewn up myself and um, sure enough, the buyer ordered almost everything on the rack and she placed an $8,000 order, which even to this day is, is still a pretty big order for a small store. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I was stoked. I mean, she was going big. She wasn't just testing it out like a couple shirts or whatever. Like she knew this was going to be good. And so basically she probably liked that I lived in the neighborhood. Who knows? Maybe. But uh, anyway, she ordered everything and she's like, you know, I want this one, two, two, one, and starts talking all this, like, you know, size language. And luckily I had a little experience because I'd worked in the surf shop. So I kind of just pretended like I knew what I was doing. And then she was like, okay, when is your delivery? And I knew that buyers a lot of times ordered a few months in advance. So I said three months, you know, I can have it ready. And so she said, great. And that was it. I had my first order. This episode is brought to you by Beta Brand, the one-stop shop for dress pant, yoga pants, and smart products for connected women. Their collection of amazingly comfortable dress pant, yoga pants has grown to more than 50 styles with new launches every single week. Ever wake up wishing you could just go to work in your comfy pants? Now you can. With Beta Brand's dress pant, yoga pants, stylish and polished, but with the comfort of your favorite loungewear. Beta Brand is for the woman out there who wants to look chic and put together, but doesn't have the time to deal with uncomfortable clothing. You've heard me talk about Beta Brand on the podcast before, and I'm so excited to feature them again and share some of their new products that I'm absolutely loving. The past year, I got a little too comfortable and traded half of my wardrobe for cozy loungewear while working from home. But Beta Brand dress pant yoga pants were exactly what I needed to level up my style game again. A few of my favorites right now are the Straight Leg 7 Pocket Yoga Pants and the Yoga Denim. I just got the seven pocket in a new print called Azul Block, and they are the dark muted blue that I absolutely love. There's no need to stop being your active self from nine to five. These pants were made for women on the move. Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are designed with the fit and flexibility of yoga pants, but they look like they're professional dress pants. They are soft, stretchy, and effortless, and there are new styles to choose from every single week, so the options are truly endless. These pants are also made of wrinkle-resistant stretch knit fabric, so they look good all day and you can forget about having the iron. Of course, I couldn't fall in love with the product and not hook you guys up, so we worked out an exclusive deal for our Work Party podcast listeners. Right now, our Work Party listeners can get 30% off their beta brand orders when you go to betabrand.com slash party. That's B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D.com slash party for 30% off your order. 
for a limited time. And when you use our special URL, you're supporting our show too. So head to betabrand.com slash party, discover what it's like to be comfortable and confident all the time. Go to betabrand.com slash party for 30% off. All right, let's get back to the episode. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. So what year is this? Because you started the company in 2006. I started the company in 2006. That's when I filed everything. And I started making the clothes late 2006. And my first delivery was 2007 spring. So that was when I actually delivered the clothes to Fred Siegel. Amazing. So today, Aviator Nation has grown exponentially. It has 13 retail locations of its own, but you still sell products at select retailers like Bloomies, Nordstrom, Saks, et cetera. So what percentage of your sales are direct to consumer versus wholesale? Yeah, my uh, direct to consumer business is 90% of my business. So most of it. Oh, wow. Amazing. And with every brick and mortar store, it's really unique. I was actually just in Austin and I saw the new shop that you guys had opened up there. It looked awesome. And with every store, you like to move into the community and live there for three to four months to kind of get the vibe and, you know, kind of be part of that community story. So what's your strategy for retail locations? Like, how do you know where to open up and why is it important to you to to be there in advance? Yeah. So for me, you know, it all started with my store on Abbott Kinney in Venice, California. And I opened that store in 2009. And basically, you know, when I opened that store, I was already living in the community. That was my home. You know, it was walking distance from where I was making the clothes. And so I knew the neighborhood. I knew people there. I really believe that the store has to be super dedicated to the community. And when I opened the Venice store, you know, a lot of the stuff that went on the walls in the store was inspired by my immediate surroundings. And so, you know, and then when I opened the store, you know, my neighbors showed up, my friends in the neighborhood, you know, like everyone in the community really supported the store. And, and so when I started to look for more locations, I wanted to carry that through, you know, I felt like, the stores, you know, are really supported by the community and it's important to be somewhere where you have a community there, you know, obviously it's good to be where tourists are too. So I try to choose locations that have, you know, tourists visiting or events happening or music festivals happening, but also a really strong local community is critical. Um, And that's just because I did that in the beginning and I saw how it worked, you know, in the off season, when tourists aren't traveling, you still have the local neighbors that are coming over to, to get their birthday presents and their Christmas presents. And they love shopping locally and you know who they are. And, you know, in the early days I was working in the store. So I was facing those customers and growing these relationships. So you know, as I started to look around, I started to choose other communities that I personally love to visit because I felt like, again, you know, I am my customer. And that's that's really, you know, the benefit to me starting a brand that I'm really passionate about the product because I always ask myself, like, what would I do? You know, like, where would I be? Where would I travel? So I don't open stores in places that I wouldn't personally want to live or travel. So that's really, you know, that's my strategy. And it's been super fun because 
now, you know, I've gotten to travel to places that I love and live there for several months while I'm building the store. Yeah. I mean, not a bad gig. And you have locations in Miami, Austin, Las Vegas, LA. So some fun cities that is definitely for sure. So like most businesses, you know, obviously I mentioned this earlier in the intro, you were impacted by COVID-19 and your number one priority was to ensure that your employees weren't out of work with the shutdowns as were most, you know, small businesses. So tell me about this 24 hour flash sale you launched uh, to pay your staff during this time and, and kind of what happened. Yeah. So obviously it was a crazy time for all of us. And, um, I had actually just opened my Las Vegas store, like the day before I found Mm. out that stores were starting to shut down. I think Aspen was the first store that actually had to shut down. And I got a call about that when I was at the airport leaving Vegas after I just opened my 13th store. And so at first I was just like, Whoa, this is crazy. You know? And then I got home and I turned on the news and sure enough, the governor of California said, okay, we have to shut down everything. And it was like a Thursday. And he said, end of day, Friday, we're shutting down everything. So he was kind of giving us 24 hours as business owners to kind of get our stuff together and like, you know, basically shut our doors. Obviously, you know, my first concern was, you know, the employees and keeping them paid. And, you know, after having a business for 15 years, you grow relationships with your employees. And a a lot of my employees have been with me since the very beginning. And I know their kids and I know their wives and their husbands and, you know, I know their families and um, they're a huge part of the company. And so basically I realized that basically I had inventory because we were, we were about to ship out a new season of clothes. So I had inventory in my fulfillment center. And I thought to myself, you know, I could try to really drive traffic to the website fast and see what I can bring in. And I can dedicate all of the sales to go toward paying the employees. And it just seemed like the best way to generate a lot of income really fast to then support the staff. What I did was I talked to my head of e-com and his name is Curtis and him and I strategized and basically stayed up really late, kind of making sure the website was like ready to rumble. I mean, it was like, you know, all of a sudden we were like, okay, like, like we're going to have 24 hours. We're going to, we're going to give people to shop. So we need to make sure that the stuff that has the most inventory is super highlighted. You know, we need to really cross market like sweatpants to sell as a set, try to like upsell, you know I mean? We really kind of took a close eye at the website because we were, we were in a kind of desperate situation to make sure that it was the ultimate selling machine. We put images up for new products that we hadn't created images for yet, you know, basically uh, just really revamped the website. And then we send out an email blast. I believe it was that morning. It might've been that night. I think I can't remember. Sometimes the emails arrive early morning. It said, Hey, there's for 24 hours, we're going to do this flash sale every single dollar that, that we make is going to pay our employees during the shutdown that's happening basically tomorrow. You know, it was kind of just like a Hail Mary. And at that time, you know, we were doing probably average, like maybe $25,000, $30,000 a day online. We were hoping obviously for a bump, but we ended up doing $1.5 million in sales in that, in that period for 24 hours. And it was insane. It was, it was crazy. I mean, we were watching the people shop and we were just like, this is nuts. So we figured, I mean, we figured out obviously that we have this really loyal following that cares about us, that cares about our employees that really wanted to support us. But we also realized just how much business the website can do in a short amount of time. So we really, 
you know, since then have put a lot of energy into our, you know, our website and making sure it's as, you know, super user friendly. And, you know, we learned a lot through that period because not only did we do so much in sales, but, you know, we had all that order fulfillment that followed that and the customer service that followed that and, you know, making sure everything shipped on, you know, shipped out quickly. And so it was like a giant challenge for us at the same time, which was an incredible learning experience. It was also incredible team building experience because, you know, I called in everybody, like everybody that worked for the company was packing orders basically because to fulfill that much um, takes an army. So, you know, my store managers, my head of retail, my head of visual, like they're all on the line, like packing orders. And so it was really a cool kind of team building thing that knowing that all of this was going to the employees, you know, we were about to shut down and, and we did this to kind of save the company and it really worked. So it was an awesome moment. And we went from being super scared to being super grateful. And, you know, then we knew going into the shutdown that we were good, you know, like for, for a few months anyway, I was, I was fine and I would be able to pay everyone and pay our rent at all the stores and all of that. Before we get into the next topic, I want to give a shout out to one of today's sponsors, Joybird. I don't know about you guys, but over the years, I've really fallen in love with the interior design process. There's something so special about making your house a home. For a lot of you that follow me on social media, you've seen my home tours, remodel updates, and it's become a passion project of mine. Your home should show off what makes you, well, you. And Joybird's selection of customizable furniture and modern home decor lets you bring your unique sense of style into any space. Joybird offers a selection of modern furniture available in a variety of vibrant, durable fabric options. And with the summer winding down, Joybird has all the modern outdoor furniture and accessories you need to make the most of your patio hangs. When I'm shopping for a new space, the first thing I always think about is a staple piece of furniture that I can build off of. Right now, everyone seems to be loving these deep cloud couch sectionals because let's face it, they look beautiful in your home and they are great for cozy movie nights. I've had my eye on one of Joybird's big modular sofas, and I love that they always come in so many different colors and fabrics. With over 18,000 customization options and curated collections, they have everything you need to create your own one-of-a-kind style, from rich buttery leathers to soft velvets. You're sure to find the fabric and texture that's right for you. You can even order a free fabric swatch kit to get that look and feel before you buy. Buying furniture can be tricky sometimes. You want to invest in pieces that will last a lifetime, but you don't necessarily want to break the bank. I love Joyber because they have financing rates as low as 0% APR for 36 months. So you can relax now, pay later. For all those conscious consumers out there, the best part about Joybird is their commitment to creating quality furniture and a more sustainable future. Each piece is made with the incredible care using responsibly sourced materials free of harmful chemicals. Through partnerships with groups like One Tree Planted, Joybird is helping to conserve and restore Earth's most precious natural resources quality craftsmanship, stain and scratch resistant fabrics, and a limited lifetime warranty. Joybird stands by its quality and craftsmanship. If it's not everything you hope for, send it back. Create a space that brings you joy with Joybird. Visit joybird.com slash work and get 30% off your first purchase. That's 30% off at joybird.com slash work. Joybird is truly the best. That's joybird.com slash work. And now let's get back to the episode. That's such a good feeling. And I, I feel like, you know, in that moment, so many entrepreneurs were, it was kind of like fight or flight. And I feel like the people who acted quickly 
and took a little bit of a risk saw a big reward. So that's amazing. So when you were going through all this, what were some of the key lessons that you learned? Like, was there any automation tools that you implemented? Did you have to change your backend at all? Was there something that like, you're like, oh, I now I know that we should have done this like customer service wise. Like what were some of the key lessons you learned? As far as lessons learned, I mean, I think that we we definitely realized that we needed to beef up our customer service to support the amount of people. I mean, you know, people need a fast response. They don't want to send an email or whatever and wait, wait three or four days to get a message back. And so when you have that volume of uh, customers and questions and everything, you know, we immediately put energy into like live chat. We beefed mm. up our customer service. You know, we had team members doing customer service um, from all over the country at different stores. And, you know, it's something that you could do digitally and everybody could answer the question. So we, we learned how to really grow that team in a way that wasn't going to cost us more money, um, mm. but just made it made it better for the customer. So I think that in terms of customer service, we really grew a lot as far as packing and fulfilling and all of that. I know that my fulfillment team really learned a lot as well. You know, they became much more efficient, but yeah, I mean, also, you know, really the way that we merchandise the website made a big difference. You know, Mm. people, a lot of times, you know, they want to buy things that match and whatever. And so, you know, having that all really together. And then like, when you click on one thing, what else goes with it? And, you know, just different things like that, you know, we really realized we were able to see the traffic and see where people moved across the site we realized stuff like, you know, people go to the new arrivals section, you know, more than anywhere else, you know? So like that section needed to be really on point, you know, stuff like that. So we, we had yeah. this huge flux of traffic. So we were really able to dissect and, and learn from it. Yeah. Sets were huge during the pandemic. It was like, everyone wanted to set. So obviously you have these 13 stores, you know, how has your approach to brick and mortar changed at all in the past year or what are sort of the plans for the future of all the stores? Yeah. So, you know, obviously shutting down and then, and then restricting how many people could be in a store and all the changes that we've experienced, even now, you know, some places needing, you know, us to not allow as many people in the stores. I mean, it has been a challenge, but what we've realized is I think that the importance I mean, I still believe that the brick and mortar stores are really important, essentially. And that's something that I've always believed. And I think that the relationships that we really, you know, create in those stores is super important. You know, I think that one thing I've realized through the pandemic is there are so many new companies online now, and whether it's social media ads or whatever, it just feels like there's this giant amount of like athleisure brands and all the designers are doing athleisure now. Like it's a huge hugely competitive thing. And so I think that the way that we stand apart is that we have these store locations that are really unique. You know, I mean, every single store location is completely different from the next one. So, you know, it really is a destination experience. A lot of our customers, you know, they're going to travel obviously. And, and with all the stores that we have, we are definitely hitting a city that our customer is traveling to. Um, And so I think that we're pretty much guaranteed to have our customer walking in to one of our stores at some point throughout the year. You know, they're either going to California, they're going to Miami, they're going to Austin, they're going to Vegas. You know, it's like we've hit all these spots. And so if we have an experience where our customer that is shopping with us online walks into a retail experience, like once out of the year, it's still a powerful experience. I mean, our, our stores are 
really special. You know, a lot of, we all, we all do them by hand. I mean, there's, they're creative, they're unique, they're all different and they stand apart from the other brands that are around us. And I think you need that because everything digitally can start to look the same, especially with the amount of stuff in front of our face all the time. So I think you have to have that like in-person live experience to really have an impact and so, you know, I just believe in that. I, I mean, I know that I've discovered brands that I love, like by walking into a store and picking up the clothes. And so I just believe that that's an important way to make the first, the first move. And then obviously they'll continue to shop online, but it's a way for the customer to really connect, you know, directly with us. And I think that they need that to keep, you know, buying the brand. Hey guys, time for a quick ad break with our sponsor, PayPal. It's our advertisers that keep the work party going, so we really appreciate your support for them and us. If you're anything like me, then you love finding automation tools to make life easier. How annoying is it when you go to check out at a store and you find yourself rummaging through your personal wallet, looking for your card, only to realize you left it at home? Or worse, you set your phone down on the counter to pay and you end up leaving it at the store that can be a real day ruiner. Paying with a card seems simple enough, but when you're in a hurry, sometimes it can be a hassle. And what I love about PayPal is that they offer QR code payments, which are now accepted at CVS stores, by the way. So it's super easy to make touch-free payments with your phone. When it's time to pay, no need to pull out your wallet or open your purse. You can simply use that phone that's probably already in your hand. So easy, I know. PayPal is an online payment system that helps you spend, send, and receive money the way you want when you want, wherever you want, simply and securely. It has become my go-to payment tool that I use for everything. Plus they have a bunch of really cool partnerships that help you save and get cash back on brands you use every single day. PayPal's mission is to make the movement and management of money as simple and affordable as possible, regardless of your background or financial standing. I can't tell you how often I use this app, you guys. I have a CVS right down the street from my house and not to be dramatic, but being able to use that QR code has been life-changing. It's just a few taps in the app and voila, you're on the way. I don't have to deal with annoying loose change or digging through my purse. It also works at self-checkout, which is always a plus when you want to do it yourself. The best part is I got $10 cash back for the first time I made a purchase of $20 or more using the QR code payment. So you better believe I stocked up on all my favorite self-care products. Who doesn't love more money back in their bank account? I've always used PayPal for years, whether online shopping or booking travel, but being able to use it in stores was truly the cherry on top. To get $10 cash back on your first transaction of $20 or more, just head to your local CVS and pay using your PayPal or Venmo app. That's $10 cash back on your first purchase of $20 or more with the PayPal or Venmo app. To see terms and learn more about how to earn $10 cash back, go to paypal.com slash party. All right, now let's get back to the episode. And one of the ways you also connect with your customer is through festivals. So you mentioned that earlier, like you try to go to markets that have festivals. What role have festivals and events played in, in terms of your marketing? And like, how do you recommend for a smaller indie brand, let's say, who also maybe has like a festival vibe to kind of get involved in those events? Yeah, festivals are super important. Um, again, it started with just my personal passion for loving music festivals. And I first was involved in Austin City Limits in Austin, Texas. And I did that festival and basically set up a booth. And, and I saw, you know, how cool it was because the thing is about the festival is you get to see so many people. I mean, hundreds and thousands of people will walk by your booth and see you. And so, you know, obviously you're getting, you know, a huge amount of foot traffic just right out the gates. You're also able to connect with a customer in an experience that's super positive for them already. 
So, I mean, most of the time people at music festivals are like having a blast. They're on, they're like, you know, taking a day off work or whatever. And, you know, they're really enjoying themselves. And so to discover something and already be in this positive mindset, you know, it creates a really positive experience and a positive connection. And so I think that it's a great way to basically get to know our customers and to sometimes meet our customers for the first time. I think that there's the discovery element of like how you discovered a brand is super important. And even if you saw it digitally first, I think that if you're at a music festival and you see them in person, and a lot of times the people that work at our music festivals are the people that actually do the customer service on the back end. So if you're already shopping with us, you're probably meeting somebody that you've already met digitally. And that's really cool for the customer. Um, in the early days, it was straight up like my e-com team, me, like our team was so small that like they would come into the booth and they would meet, you know, the person that was helping them online, you know, and it's so cool to be like, oh my God, you know, like you helped me like switch out that size. It's like one experience like that is so powerful. And that's really how I do it. I like to keep my team really tight and I take the team that's helping people, you know, on the back end of customer service to these festivals. So then they get to like FaceTime me, you know, the person that they're, that they're helping on the back end. So it's, it's a very personal thing and it's also super fun. And it's, I really enjoy when I get to do collaborations with the festivals and create unique one-of-a-kind garments for the festivals. That's kind of my favorite part of it. And again, I started that with Austin City Limits in 2012 was my first festival collaboration with them. And, and it was interesting because I actually, the way that that whole thing started was ACL gave me the ability to do something backstage because I wanted to do something for the artist. I mm. felt like I had, I had a lot of friends that were artists and I just felt like they never got like a really cool experience. When they do a festival, they go, they're in their trailer, they go out to the stage, they perform and they go back to their trailer and then they're done. And there's like no real kind of like warm, you know, like making friends kind of vibe in that whole um, business. And so since I had experienced that firsthand, I, I was like, you know, we really need something better for the artist backstage. And so ACL allowed me to kind of have creative freedom. And, and I ended up building a TP backstage in the TP. I had merchandise. It was, I just had shirts that I had made for the artist specifically. It was about like the festival. It was like an Austin city limits, aviator nation garment. And I gave them the t-shirt, but I, you know, it was more about hanging out and making friends. And that's always kind of been my thing is like, not really pushing like a corporate structure on anybody and really just getting out there and making friends and keeping it organic. And so we had the TP and it became this like hangout spot for the artists. And when they left, they got a t-shirt. It was great. It was cool for them. And they were like, Oh my God, I love your stuff, but I wasn't really pushing it. Well, what happened was a lot of those artists immediately put on the t-shirt, you know, I mean, some of them had probably like not washed their clothes in several days or on tour or whatever. They're like, Ooh, this t-shirt's so soft and it's cool and whatever. And so anyway, the artists put the shirts on and they wore them on stage. And so then all the fans were seeing that, you know, and they, it was kind of a thing. And the fans then started to ask people that worked at the festival and the merch booth, like, where is that t-shirt? Like, I've seen some of the artists wearing it. Like, I want that t-shirt. And so then the festival came to me and they're like, look, everyone wants the shirts that you're giving to the artists. So we need to do a deal next year where you're making these clothes and we're selling them. And so for 10 years, almost that we have been doing this now with Austin city wow. limits and I still make stuff for the artist and I give it to him in the TP and then we sell the clothes out in the festival. And, and, but that's how it started. And I really think that, you know, the organic nature of that and the festival seeing that like people actually wanted this kind of like unique 
collaboration, you know, and, and so obviously the, the festival offers a variety of t-shirts and stuff now. And, and, but at that time it was, it was a pretty small assortment and the, the artists wearing them and, you know, everyone kind of recognizing that it's something unique and special uh, really makes the fans excited to find that garment at the festival. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing that it's been that long of a partnership and that's successful. And, and again, like you said, those organic partnerships are usually where it comes from. And so, you know, kind of finding your way in in the same way you kind of went into Fred Siegel and were like, listen, like I have the shirt. So obviously you've been doing this for a long time. The brand started in 2006. You also come from a family of entrepreneurs. It sounds like your brother is Blake Mikowski from Tom's Shoes. You know, is your parents entrepreneurs or is that just something that kind of spawned from you guys? Yeah. So in a way they are. My dad is uh, an orthopedic surgeon, but he was the team doctor for the Texas Rangers. He was always leading his practice. He was the president of, you know, his group. And he, in a lot of ways, you know, kind of pushed forward new hospitals and new programs and stuff like that. So he definitely was in a leadership role as a doctor. My mom, she was very into fitness and health and she actually wrote cookbooks. So she wrote low fat cookbooks back in the 90, the early nineties. And she was kind of at the beginning of that. And, um, she basically had high cholesterol and realized that she needed to change all her recipes and she always loved to cook and that was her passion. And so seeing my mom take her passion from cooking into writing cookbooks and then helping people, you know, it was powerful to watch that. And that definitely happened, you know, you know, through my childhood. And so, yeah, I would say that they're entrepreneurs for sure. And do you feel like it's been nice to have like that support system around you to like lean on and ask questions. I feel like, you know, obviously as you guys are both building these like amazing brands. Yeah, totally. I mean, having Blake in my life was a huge benefit because, you know, he basically started Tom's about the same time that I did, but his company grew much faster. Mm. And so while I was able to watch his company and how he was growing it, you know, we were both in retail ultimately. So it was, it was cool to be able to sit around and bounce things off of each other. I mean, we both sold to a lot of the same stores, you know, we both sold to Nordstrom. So we should, we would be like, Oh, are they trying to get a discount from you? No exchange story. Like, Oh no, I did this and and it worked well. And, and so we definitely exchanged stories and helped each other out. And it was, it was comforting to have other family members, you know, be in a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can also kind of learn from each other's mistakes. I'm sure. If you could go back to the beginning of your career, look, looking back now with, you know, all the knowledge you have, all the mistakes you've made, all the good things that have happened, what advice would you give yourself? I would say that, you know, to not stress out too much about things that go wrong. I think that, you know, I'm a perfectionist and I'm really into the details and, and it's important to be into the details, but what's, I mean, the number one thing I feel like is your ability to problem solve and to move through problems quickly, because the reality is everything is always changing, you know, whether it be fashion or, you know, employees or, you know, whatever. And even with the pandemic, you know, you're constantly having to mold into like, you know, whatever the new story is and whatever the new problem is. And, 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 and problems happen all the time. You know, I think that if someone would have said, Hey, you know, you're going to have problems happen every day. Like there's always going to be something that did not, 
you know, dye the right color or, you know, this zipper is not functioning properly. So we have to send them all back. And, you know, it's like, it's constant problem solving. And at at first that can be a little intimidating and also a little frustrating, you know, for a business owner to just be like, oh, like it just kind of starts to wear you out. But once you make the shift of like realizing that those problems are actually creating growth and, and making you better at what you do, And as long as you learn from them, you know, that's how you really grow. And it's part of business, you know, it's like, you're always going to have, you know, shit hit the fan, if you will, you know, like there's always something, you know, especially as you grow and you get more stores and more people and everything. It's like, you have to realize like the odds are that there's always going to be somebody resigning, you know, if you have 350 employees, it's like, so don't, don't be hurt about it, you know, just understand that that's just what's happening and, you know, and learn how to move through those problems in a super positive way and just take every problem and be like, okay, why is this happening? What am I learning from it? And you know, how can I make it better as quick as possible? Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our amazing sponsors, Rent the Runway. You guys have to check out Rent the Runway, not only because they're amazing, but also because it's sponsors like this that keep the work party going. Ready to get dressed up again? This fall, step out even bigger and better than ever before, because when you rent the runway, the world is your runway. Don't bother dusting off that old blazer you haven't worn in over a year. You deserve something new. And at a fraction of the cost, I might add. How it works is Rent the Runway's memberships give you an ongoing delivery of designer clothing and accessories for a flat monthly price. Membership trials start at just $69. So just think fresh. In-season designer goods delivered to you on repeat. Fall fashion is my favorite of all the seasons, so I'm excited to kick it off with all of their new styles. Whether you're looking to dress for work from home, a cozy night in, or a last minute getaway, there's nothing this closet can't handle. The best part about Rent the Runway is that shipping, cleaning, and rental coverage are all included, so it's free and easy. You'll have access to a full designer closet without the giant price tag. Subscribing to Rent the Runway is subscribing to fashion. They have the largest assortment of designer styles from more than 750 brands, including Maison Marginal, Veronica Beard, and so many more. And guys, you can really enjoy the highs of wearing new designer clothes without the lows of buyer's remorse. It's great to be able to buy less and wear more. Rent the Runway is also powering a new future of fashion, disrupting a centuries-old industry and contributing to a more sustainable world. A membership with Rent the Runway is affordable, convenient, and overall, just a smarter way to shop. So say goodbye to fast fashion, impulse and buyer's remorse, and say hello to a membership with Rent the Runway. Plus, I have an exclusive offer for our Work Party listeners today. Just use promo code PARTY for 30% off. This is valid for a limited time, so visit renttherunway.com, enter code PARTY for 30% off. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get back to the episode. So what's next for Aviator Nation? Do you have any great launches in the mix? Any more retail store openings? What are you currently working on? Yeah, so we have a lot of stuff happening. I mean, for me personally, I love product development. And obviously this all started with my personal passion for the clothes. So I'm always like, oh, I want this, I want that. You know, like right now we're, we're really vamping up our activewear program. So we're doing a lot of new leggings and sports bras. We launched our first little collection of leggings recently and they pretty much sold out right away. And so we realized that our customer wants that. And I know there's a lot of companies out there that do leggings and sports bras and stuff like that. But I really believe that what we're doing is better. It's obviously made in the USA. It'll be continue to be made in the USA. And so there's not a lot of activewear companies that do that, which is, wow. which is important. But for me, you know, the product development, I'm always trying to make it better. So I look at like 
what the best company is at the moment doing leggings. And then I, and then I try all their products and then I say, okay, like, I think these are the problems. This is how we can make it better. So it's not really so much about just launching a category. It's about actually launching products that is better quality than Mm. my immediate, my immediate competitor. And so that's always my challenge, you know, like with jackets, for example, you know, obviously a lot of my customers, you know, they wear some of the brands like Patagonia or Montclair or Canada Goose or whatever. And so I look at their jackets and I'm like, okay, like, first of all, made in the USA, which is, you know, that none of those companies are doing that. So I've got that covered. And then on top of that, like I look at the the materials they're using and I go out and I, and I buy the better materials, you know? And, and so the, the thing is, you know, I am all about quality and, um, and doing that with other categories like activewear and outerwear, you know, is, is super fun for me. I mean, I feel like we've done the sweats now for like 15 years. So, you know, we're still launching some new fabrications. Like I just came out with a lighter weight version of our sweatshirts and sweatpants. So for Mm. people that live in Miami or Austin or whatever, you know, they now have a garment that like is about half as thick as the other one. So it's nice to have kind of like a lightweight sweatsuit. So that came out this summer and that's doing well. And it's on our website right now. A lot of new jackets. I'm doing some ski wear. Yeah, working on ideas for other products. We're doing some backpacks right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like with a brand like this, you know, there's so much you can do. And, and I think that for me, that's what's really fun is just constantly trying to do something better than, you know, the other brands around me. So I'm just, I'm really competitive and I'm driven to just make the quality of the product awesome and obviously bring things into the USA that aren't being made in the USA right now, like outerwear. It's really hard to find out where made in the USA. So that's a big, that's a big one for me. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and definitely an important part of the story. Okay, so we're going to wrap with some rapid fire sentence finishers. My number one piece of financial advice for entrepreneurs is... Don't spend more money than you're making. Yeah, yes. So that's an easy one. I mean, not an easy one. That's like a very simple one, but that's, that's so true. The three traits that got me to where I am today are... Passion, perseverance, and maybe adaptability. Mm. And a fellow entrepreneur I admire is? I would probably say my brother, Blake, just, you know, the team that he created with Tom's was really a big thing for me to watch. And and I've definitely taken a lot from seeing what he did with Tom's. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Paige, for being on the show. How can people find you and Aviator Nation online on social media and IRL? Yeah, so aviatornation.com is our website. And then we're on Instagram at Aviator Nation. And then you can follow me at Paige Mykoski. I post a lot of things, opening new stores, traveling around building stores and a new product that's coming out too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paige. Thanks, Jacqueline. Have a good one. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow The Work Party on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you enjoy today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. And if you're interested in creating your own podcast or want to know the ins and outs of the business of podcasting, we've teamed up with the Lady Gang to bring you the Pop Class, a comprehensive guide that covers everything from planning your content to sourcing guests to becoming your own in-house producer and so, so, so much more. All are available for purchase on the Create and Cultivate website now. That's createcultivate.com. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.